we grew up as like a musical, like not like musical people necessarily, but just as like people who really appreciate like a patron of like Mm -hmm. music and sampling and kind of deep cut stuff. Uh, And I've accumulated a ton of little like drum pads and samplers. And like, I have like the guitar that my mom gave me one year and I have this like the goofy little thing that like uh daedalus composed the sample for accordion on like the monome uh not the monome uh that's like the the actual the digital but i have like the analog version of that oh which is just like the like little like keyboard synth like belt driven like when i fire Mm -hmm. it up i can hear the thing like starting to literally whir um i love that and I'll just go like plunk around on that if I ever get like writer's block or or if I'm ever like, oh, I have this thing that I'm working on in my classes that I can't crack. I'll just go like mess around with music. And mm-hmm. when I do that, I take my brain away from the creative process, but just like not too far from it. And I never use any of the music that I like make uh, in like my lessons or in like my actual writing but it usually tricks my brain into staying creative and just like Mm -hmm. forces me into like the, like, Hey, you're already making stuff. Uh, All you gotta do is just like change lanes and you'll continue to make stuff and your brain's firing on all the cylinders it needs to fire on. So like, there you go. There you go. So that's a really good point. You need to like trick yourself into generating momentum, right? Cause that's the, that's always the, the single, most impossible aspect of whatever it is you're trying to do is always going to be like, what's the very, very first step. And if you can just like trick yourself into doing something else somewhere along the way, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to kind of jump from one already moving horse onto another and and carry that momentum through. Yeah. It feels less intimidating because you're like, well, I'm already doing the damn thing. Like, let's just, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, maybe not switching lanes. It's more like the track, the switch on the track gets thrown. And it's like, oh, I didn't yep. I didn't have to make any effort. I just like followed that, followed that instead of following like the thing I was doing consistently already. Uh, I don't, there's no easy way to parlay this into our F1 talk, but we're going to. Hold I'm, on, Corey. Ooh. This morning. I got some very productive work done while watching the Formula One race (laughs) and being able to challenge my my own bandwidth to stay in tune with what was happening with the race, Mm -hmm. to keep moving forward with the incredibly urgent work that I was Mm -hmm. carving my way through. Uh, On occasion, taking moments to kind of like gently lower the lid of the laptop as I became more engaged with a moment of the race and also, uh, you know, would pause the race at certain moments to be like, hold on, I'm getting really deep into something here and I don't want to miss what's happening up here. Yes. And uh, it worked out all right for me. It took me like three and a half hours to watch the race that way. Okay. All right. But still you multitask, John, you multitask. Good, good job as a multitasker. That's, uh, I mean, the problem is like, sometimes the problem is too much multitasking. Like that's, yeah, I was just going to say, let's not make any like allusions to like, oh, I'm like great at like multitasking. It's like, no, no, 
no, I'm so bad at it. But if I like trick my brain into doing things that I like and that are productive and make like hit, give me that dopamine spike, mm. then like I can, I can figure out a way to multitask. Uh, yeah, that's, that's great. I love that segue, John. You're exactly right. And that segue is into our Formula One podcast. Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. This is the aforementioned Formula One podcast. We're a couple of best friends. As you can tell, just some creative doofuses who like to talk about our creativity. Uh, And Mm -hmm. ultimately, we end up chatting about the thing that we love and have loved since we were little uh, pubescent uh, goofs. Uh, Formula One. I'm one of the hosts. My name is Corey Willis. I'm an actor, writer, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. And this is John Lepore. I'm a creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. Uh, all right. Suzuka. Yeah. Woo! Suzuka, Japan. The best. What a beautiful what a beautiful shape to attract. Like the, the yeah. for the I mean, I've always thought Suzuka was a really cool track. For some reason, this weekend, every time I saw the track map on screen, I was just like, that's like a beautiful track map. Like, what an interesting form and the way it like folds over on itself and is, it's very long, but they typically orient it sort of diagonally and it just looks such such a beautiful form. The drivers, I think universally all seem to adore this track. Yeah, yeah. The fandom in Japan for Formula Ugh, One is man. crazy. And I think, you know, although we spend a lot of time talking about how amped up it's been in the United States worldwide, it's everything's gotten a hit. Um, yeah. And it did seem like it was a particularly enthusiastic atmosphere uh, this year at Suzuka. For uh, sure. The race had some entertaining qualities yeah throughout yeah. um had some interesting almost like new chapters in recent stories or developments that we've seen very uh, much so. little little blips of action throughout not the most you know uh thrilling race of the season but it had no. had some had some cool developments and to me, all of it was just set around that Suzuka atmosphere. Before we get into the race itself, can we just like just talk just a little bit about Suzuka atmosphere? I think for yeah. me, like first and foremost, it's got to be the crazy hats. It's the hats. Yeah. Yeah. That everybody yeah. makes. And I mean, I assume people are making these. They all seem cleverly engineered in some way shape or form maybe mm-hmm. there's you know some place that you could acquire some of these elaborate things uh maybe lots of yeah lots of wild hats yeah yeah uh, n- number one hat for for many years now i think has to be the the drs, DRS hat, yeah, right? yeah yeah yep absolutely yeah. so it's like a, it's like a construction hard hat mm-hmm. mounted on top of it 
a full wing assembly. I believe the one that I saw this year was uh, Alphatari, um, you know, presumably yes. uh, celebrating Yuki. Yep, yep. And it's got a very authentic looking, like probably like half scale yes. rear wing assembly. And then this this wire that you can pull to that open you, and yeah. close the the DRS flap. And yeah. that just like that to me is absolutely incredible. And that one feels like the one that could be the most like from a mold, like someone clearly like figured this out when DRS showed up and the Japanese fan base was like, oh, this is like something that's very cool that we can like kind of create like a mech kind of like situation right. where like, yeah. I, like I am like I'm watching the race and then like I like activate the DRS when I'm like hyper focused or interested. Uh, that's mm-hmm. at least the way that I would operate it if I was was wearing it. Um, but there. Yeah. There I mean, is- do you think this person is like, you know, like it in the morning at the gates waiting for the, you know, general admission gates to open mm-hmm. and everybody tries to charge their favorite spot. Do you think like the moment the gates open, the dude like pulls open the flap and then starts running? You I know? would assume like, so. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if, if people aren't doing that, then they are f- like f- make, they're making a huge mistake and, f- and failing us all as a fan base. Cause like anytime I would be in motion with that, as soon as I was like, Oh, I don't have to turn a corner for the next 20 paces, I would be like, activate the DRS and go in a straight line. And as soon as I like went to take a right around like the porta potties or something, I'd be like, all right, I got to shut that bad boy down. Got to make sure that uh, I got enough downforce to make the, uh, make the yep. apex of yep. this turn. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. I, like that. I, love I would, I would absolutely, I would get my nice, like, you know, uh, motorsports light beer of choice in my hand <laughs> yeah, would yeah. bring it to my lips and then like pull open the DRS <laughs> activate as it. I throw yeah. it. Yeah. As I throw it back and try to, <laughs> you know, just assume that it's sort of like, you know, my, my own uh, esophagus DRS is opening wide, yeah. yep. wide open. Yeah. yeah. Ready, oh. ready to, to get all that, that, cold light beer flow uh mm-hmm. moving through it in in whichever way adrian newey uh would have designed it to do so exactly. um exactly saw a bunch of other little like you know just like other like fun signs and you know mm-hmm. and various other hats and whatnot uh yeah. i saw lots of it seemed as though there was lots of signs that were almost like valentine themed and yes. like really just this sort of like, you know, like I'm thinking almost like uh Comic-Con style. Uh, what is uh, what is it? Uh, otaku, I believe, is the Japanese is concept the Japanese. of like obsession. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like obsessive you know. fandom is like the otaku. You can be the. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's usually designated for anime and like cosplay that that culture. But. Yeah, I feel like the the Japanese, much like like the Tafosi in Italy, the there is like an otaku following in Japan that uh, just loves the sport. Hands yeah. like yeah, yeah. absolutely loves and it. It's so cool. So so saw people of like all 
ages and genders holding like, you know, heart-shaped signs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, often with some sort of like frilly decoration added on to them and and whatnot. Yep. yep. Um, and, you know, you, you would, as, as you would expect, there's lots of like, you know, uh, you know, Charles, will you marry me sort of stuff and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one that stuck out in my mind the most, I don't know if you saw the image of this, it was someone had a sign and it said, uh, Gunther, will you yes. be my dad? Yes. And it, I don't, and I don't it was think, very I, frilly and heart shaped and had, you know. The the actual the syntax is like because it is uh it was a Japanese fan trying to like make mm-hmm. an uh an English language sign. I think the syntax got a little screwed up. If you're if we're talking about the same sign, I think it's uh Gunther Steiner, please make me your son. It was like Yes, yeah, 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 <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah, please make me your son. <laughs> like I wanna know what's the what is I the verb it. that's happening there? How is he like, yes. yeah. what is the action that is performed yeah, through which particularly like yep, Gunther yep. Steiner makes him, yeah. does that mean that like is it Gunther like Steiner needs to like, yeah, is it a declaration? Is there a ceremony? Is it just like Gunther needs to show up at his mom's house and just be like, I'm your, I'm hey. your boyfriend now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Being like, no, you and can, his father, his father you is your irrelevant marriage. now. Keep your marriage. Well, not yeah. even like it's, yeah, it's like not about the, the sanctity of the marriage. It's about like, mm-hmm. oh no, no, I'm coming in to be your dad. <laughs> like I'm not yeah. here to like cuckold you or any, in any way, shape or form other than like in the form of like being your son's dad now or your daughter's dad mm-hmm. now or your child's dad. I love, yeah, I loved that. Uh, that specific sign um there was like one more exquisite japanese there were two more exquisite japanese moments uh in my opinion as far as like just something that could not happen outside of the japanese culture that surrounds this specific grand prix uh and the first one which was like a solemn beautiful thing was during the singing of the national anthem uh, as the 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 conclusion happened, the camera kind of does this like slow push in on the 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 soldier who is singing the national anthem, and as they're slow pushing in, I'm like, oh yeah, it's like a hot day out. It looks like there's like a sweat bead. Oh my god, no, that's a tear. It was a single tear from the soldier's eye that dropped at the mm. conclusion of singing the Japanese national anthem, which. As like, uh, I don't often go like, yeah, yeah, uh, fierce nationalism uh, and ethnocentricity is like a great thing. But like, it is embedded within the Japanese culture and just seeing this like pride filled moment of a soldier, of someone who's been like conditioned to compose themselves in every situation, let alone a situation where they're like on display on behalf as a representative of their country, like this Japanese soldier, like single tiered at the end of the, and it was absolutely gorgeous. I loved it so much. The other version of this is if you have a subscription to F1 TV, I strongly encourage you to go one hour and 28 minutes into the broadcast. 
and at the tail end of the like they're talking about max doing something or like he's like walking either from the from his car to like the cool down room or something you hear in the background someone like knocking into something or knocking something over and the utterance that happens is like the most japanese thing i've ever heard in my entire life I'm not going to repeat it because it it would it would sound as if I was making a racist joke. But like just the the utterance, the moan, the the sound of the person in reaction to something falling over is like supremely Japanese, and I love it so much. I love it. Like it like it was like an exclamation point on the Grand Prix itself for me. I was like, oh, I rewound it multiple times to be like, did I just hear that? It is exactly what it's it's perfect uh, i'm queuing it up right now to uh to try and track down the moment we finish recording it's so good it's so good i'll put the audio in i'll grab the audio and like drop it in so that everyone can hear what this sound was but it was perfect and i was in rocking my headphones and it like was like <laughs> i have a like perfect noise canceling sennheiser headphones and it just like it sounded like the person was in the room with me it was amazing Hey folks, Corey popping in here briefly. I went back into the world feed and poured over the audio, and it seems as though they cut out that tiny, precious little moan that I'm talking about from the feed. So I don't think anyone's ever going to hear it ever again. But trust me, it was like the perfect little moan slash sigh. It's exactly what you think it sounds like. Uh, so that's all the pomp and circumstance around the Grand Prix. We haven't actually talked mm-hmm. about the race itself, John. Um, you said there were some highlights. There were some moments that stood out for you. What stood out for you? So for me, there was a few interesting battles, um, mm-hmm. several of which between teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had... Definitely more emergence of Dark Alonzo. John, I stopped the race and rewound it so I could hear the sound of his voice when he asked them to do something. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. It is so perfect. Is that the moment that you're referring to? There's... so there, yeah, there was a few of them, and this is, I think, early to midway through the race, um, and he still sounds relatively calm and composed. Yes. yes, when he's basically just just you know shooting fireballs at the rest of his team. Yes. Um, there was one point where he got over the radio, and he said, you know. You've you've thrown me to the lions. Yes, this was lap twenty one. I also wrote this down. This was lap twenty one when he. And do you know what this was in reference to, or did you like figure out uh, what this, he meant by this? Yeah, what well, what well, break this down for me? So this was because he and Yuki Sonoda were the only two in the top ten who started on the soft tire, uh, and mm. he made up some time 
But then when they called him in, when his pit window opened for the soft tire, they called him in very early and basically mm-hmm. put him on a set of hard tires that started to degrade 21 laps into the race. Like really were like yeah. bad degrading, um, making Fernando hustle that car in a way that like he shouldn't have had to at that moment. So that was that was why he said, you've thrown me to the Lions. It wasn't, it, it was all, like exclusively about strategy. Um, yeah. Uh, but again. And then it was like, what, like three or four laps later oh, that he yeah. gets back on the, on the radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do is, you have it verbatim? This is three laps later. And this is when he starts getting passed by like, well, first he got passed by Carlos Sainz. Uh, on lap 21 and that was when he was like he got uh, passed by uh, signs and then Ocon and that was for like sixth and seventh place and he's like you're throwing me to the Lions and then Hamilton passes him at 130 R now folks yeah. if you are an F1 fan you should look up the pass that Fernando Alonso pulled on Michael Schumacher at 130R at the Japanese Grand Prix when Alonso went is in his in his prime. It's like it's a legendary pass. He sent mm-hmm. it in such a specific spot at a speed where you would never try to pass someone in that spot of the track. And Fernando Alonso not only passed someone, he passed Michael Schumacher at a spot where like you wouldn't pass anyone. And Michael Schumacher, again, as fans of the sport, this is if you think Max is dominating the sport now, <laughs> that's laughable compared to what Michael Schumacher did. If you think Max showing up at this Grand Prix and winning by almost 20 seconds was like a like, oh wow, that was like Max really showing up and be it's like, no, no, no. Michael would do that if he didn't even if he won a Grand Prix and he didn't win as effectively yeah. as he is, he would show up the next Grand Prix and really put on a show. So Hamilton passes Alonso at 130R, and then it's lap 24, and Alonso comes back over the line and says, think of something! Like, the like he says, think of, in a very normal tone, but the way, I and I butchered the way that he says it but the 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 gravel that he puts on his voice the aggression the tone the intonation of what he meant by something felt very similar to gp2 engine and this is also the japanese grand prix when he said those words over the radio while driving a Honda motor driven vehicle, it was the same to me, John, and and it's up, whatever. This felt like that same, like he was making a statement in that moment of being like, do something. I am driving the wheels off of this car. This is embarrassing. Stop making me look like a fool. It was, I, Mm -hmm. Ooh, I love this so much, John. Like it, it gave me goosebumps when he said it. Like I was like, "Whoa, what was that? What? What?" It's oh. yeah, it's a, it's a haunting, yeah, <laughs> phrase to be shared between anybody Ooh. who has any sort of like you know existing relationship. Uh, it's uh, yeah, 
It's the it's, it's GP two engine it's, carries the same as like multi twenty one. Seb, it was multi twenty one. Like it's the same. Like oh yeah. oh wow okay yeah. Uh, you know, my 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 wife has, you know, uh, in some point of exasperation or another, you know, relayed disappointment to me in mm-hmm. just about every different way imaginable. Yeah, um, sounds right. But she has never said to me, do something. Do something. You know, like, do something. Do something. Yeah, you know? like, it's not e- – and it's different. Do anything is – yeah, a much less venomous, like statement to say to do something means like you are doing nothing. It's not that you mm-hmm. are trying things and they're not working out. It's that you have. It's a dereliction of duty. It's a calling out of a dereliction of duty of like you haven't done anything. I need you to do something because I've done everything up until this point, and I I cannot. Yeah abide by you doing nothing anymore and i don't think there was any response to that like i don't think that like how could you yeah i don't know what what, else you know what do you what do you do are you like let's uh talk about it after the race you know like yeah again go like let's not to put your relationship on blast but like john if like gloria ever said that to you how would you even respond to that like how would you or would you just crawl inside of yourself and be like, oh my God, I've totally, I failed. I mean, that's, that's basically, there's two choices. There's crawl inside yourself or mm-hmm. there's, you know, some, some version, which would have sounded particularly bad coming over the, the pit cruise radio, you know, mm-hmm. along the lines of like, well, I'm already trying to, you know, but, but you know, yeah. like the, we're working on it as hard as I got. I'm doing it the other thing. I did the last thing you asked me to do. Give me yes. a break. It, you know, like yes, it's yeah. There's yeah. yeah, it's just that that like desperate like oh, there is no response, and the only response yeah. I can give will make me look even more like impotent in my attempts yeah. at just gen- just generally incompetent oh. all around. Yeah. Oh God, it was it was it's, painful. Uh, but also, this is what we've been waiting for, John. We've been waiting for this moment, and it did. I I think it's I think it's on. I think it's on. I think that Alonzo is done with like being gentle about how he's approaching his feedback at Aston Martin. I think he's done being gentle. I think, uh, yeah. I think I think there might even still be more extreme degrees of of dark alonso that we're still yet to uh yeah yet to see in in 2023 so i'm uh you know you know the deal i'm here for it yeah i'm here for it all day i want to enjoy it all day every day uh, soak it in with everybody else you know oh god uh, it's it's so good uh so uh we you mentioned inter-team battles john can we so, get, what what did you see as far as interteam battles? We'll get to Mercedes in a moment here, but like, were there any other interteam battles that like popped out to you, successful or not successful? Uh so Mercedes is the one that mm. is fully on my mind. Yeah, um, and we'll we'll come back to that. Uh, who was it that was uh, just before the Mercedes were were duking it out? Uh, who did so we who did we it see? Was, 
it was uh well it happened multiple times in the race with mercedes so that happened like early on but then there was like this moment of uh on the first lap um the reason that things went so sideways uh, for sergio perez oh man this weekend uh, i don't know if there if this was the nail in the coffin but this felt like the nail in the coffin for Sergio's tenure at Red Bull. Uh, at least, I don't think he'll be there in twelve months. I don't think. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it felt like this. It's just very clear that Sergio is having a a meltdown. Yeah, at Red Bull. Yeah, that's making you know Leclerc seem super relaxed and chill with his heinous Ferrari situation. Exactly. With all of his Ferrari baggage. Like it just seems like, uh, Sergio is Sergio's imploding on himself. Yeah. He, you know, he's getting completely trounced by his teammate. Again, I think, you know, we really have to see, another driver in that seat just to really understand where max is at. Yes. Yes. Um, Sergio was like, you know, uh, all right. So yeah. Hold on. Sergio. Let's let's not, let's, let's, let's put, put a cap on the, the inter-team battles, which Sergio was a victim of an inter-team battle on that first, uh, on that first lap. It was, uh, yeah. Charles and Carlos who were kind of duking it out into that first turn that then yep. pushed Sergio into Hamilton, which caused Sergio's front wing damage. So that was like the one inter-team battle that I saw was Ferrari and they were fine. Mm-hmm. They, they, they got yep. through it. No harm, no foul. They're fine. Back to Sergio, John. <sighs> oh, I mean, all right. So, like, Sergio was on par with Logan Sargent for yeah. most disastrous weekend. Yep. yep. Uh, Lo- Logan, who I'm still holding my position that he has diplomatic immunity and we'll, yeah, okay. we will right. see him next year at at Williams just solely because of you know what whatever he's you know yeah uh, y- yeah you you know you, you know how it goes when you're a, a high profile american uh you know from a wealthy background yeah. you know nothing nothing sticks to you yeah it's all yeah, it's, just you know it's just the way it goes yeah logan posted on instagram images of his like team working on the car which i think was his way of trying to like honor them and trying to like you know what? tip his hat to them but it still no. felt like it no. still felt not you know oh no dude unless you're like under there with them turning a wrench or like holding a a, a lamp or something don't that's that's uh okay that's not great um, that's not great. I don't know how much, di- I don't know how much diplomatic immunity this guy, this is like, we're getting to the point of like, yeah, he's uh, testing the limits of, of diplomatic immunity for, for sure. But that's, that's right? what this, diplomatic immunity is for. Okay. Yeah, but diplomatic that's why immunity, you get diplomatic immunity is so that you can run amok 
But and, but here's the thing, you know. John, is much like at the very end of what was it, Lethal Weapon, where Lethal uh, Weapon Two. Yeah, where he's like, it's been revoked. Like it's go it's you're going to make Yes, like, eventually Danny Glover is going to drop a shipping container on top of him and crush him to death, right? Yes, but yes, that yes. <laughs> we're not there yet. I think we yeah. still there's still capacity for some more room. more uh flagrant incompetence oh i don't know how much there's still there's still several races left in the season we've got there are. you know there are there's a lot of there are a lot of races left uh th that said um the thing that got mick schumacher uh ousted from haas was that he was like damaging the car repeatedly just creating expensive repairs like they yeah. were literally like we can't afford to yeah. keep repairing yeah, this we car. just can't and i mean like can't. I I'm willing to bet that like one of the Williams sponsors has like, you know, at the start of the season was like, mm -hmm. we'll be the Logan Sargent damage sponsor. Yeah. And we'll know which sponsor it was when they go out of business at the end of this formula. Yeah. When they, when they declare, when, chapter when they declare, yeah. yeah bankruptcy. <laughs> yep. When, yep. when Duracell, one yeah. of the biggest brands in american history is like sorry we can't keep running our highly profitable business because it's all just getting absorbed by yeah uh, logan sergeant crash you know how our how our motto is it keeps going and going and going yeah. and go well we're we can't go anymore because you've spent all our money crashing our multi-million dollar mm -hmm. car every weekend uh, so yeah, he's, he's getting to, I, John, I think that he's getting to a point and like Felipe Drogovich is rumored to like be in negotiations for yeah. that seat if Williams says no. Also kind of like, as like a SmackDown, I guess like Toto Wolf sent James Vowles, uh, Mick Schumacher's simulator data and James Vowles was like, yeah, cool, cool. So why are you sending me this? <laughs> it's like, uh Oh, mm -hmm. Mick, Mick's not going to get a seat there. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh that's that's a little bit tricky. Uh Logan Sargent really really ate it this weekend. Like really ate yeah. it. He had a yep. and it wasn't even his fault. That's the thing though is that like as bad as which Logan point? Which is, point wasn't his fault? Well, they He wrecked the car like multiple times this weekend. Like. He did wreck the car multiple times. However, his uh his penalty, he was starting from the pit lane because they had to do uh, a whole bunch of repairs. Uh but then he got a 10 second penalty in addition to that because the team started repairing his car that he wrecked too early before they were technically allowed to start work on it. Mm. So not fully his fault. Not fully low he's had he's had a bad string of luck. So that I know I'm kind of arguing against myself here, but that is the only thing that I can say as like a counterpoint to like, hey, Logan's cost a lot of money. He's not doing great. He hasn't scored a single point. You can go like, hey, look at the circumstances. It's truly not his fault in some of these cases. And he would have scored points if not for the car failing. Right. Like he lost to like his brakes at a certain point, which is why he wrecked the car previously. It's the yeah. only other wreck he's had was because the brake balance like or like I think the brake by wire system failed and he crashed. But this was his fault. He did do this and it was his fault. So, yeah, he's mostly responsible. 
Sergio is solely responsible for his bad weekends. The fact he yeah. had to change his front wing twice. He went through three front wings, three front wings in, in less than 24 hours. Three front wings. That's a he... million dollars, dude. That's you can't yeah. that's inexcusable. Front wings are $275,000 minimum for a front wing replacement. He went through three of them. That's like a million dollars, dude. Like, I don't know, man. It sucks. It sucks. I mean, with that, do you think that's like, like to me, that's nail in the coffin if for no other reason than like it's not even that he's not performing. It's that he's taking like the most concentrated physical manifestation of yep. Adrian Newey's genius yes. and just smashing it, you know, repeatedly like and like repeatedly smashing it. Yeah. And he got away with not having to replace his front wing last week when he ran into two yeah. separate people. He ran into Yuki Sonoda, ended Yuki Sonoda's race on the first lap, and then yep. also crashed into Alex Albon at the end of the last Grand Prix in Singapore. So even if it didn't retire the car or need to be replaced. That's still a ruined front wing. That's still, like you said, taking Adrian, New like holding up Adrian Newey's, like he just finished ceramics class and he just had his crit. Yeah. And it's actually, the crit went so well that like the gallery they did the crit in, they were like, hey, do you we actually have an open slot. Do you want to like, and it's like right when you walk through the front door, and this was Sergio Perez walking in and being like, wow, Adrian, cool vase you just made. And then just like spiking it on the floor as people yep. are walking through this gallery. Like it, it's just such, it's such an insult. Repeated insults. This is five ruined front wings in less than two weeks for Sergio Perez. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. That's what's, crazy. Uh, all right. So what's, What's going to happen? What do we think? I think four races in, they announce that Daniel Ricardo is going to, they start to float out like, hey, if Sergio doesn't win the next couple of races or he doesn't play second right behind Max, we're going to replace him with Daniel Ricardo. And I think six races in, I think we're going to see after the fifth race, I don't even know the schedule yet next year. After the fifth race, I think we're probably going to see Daniel Ricciardo slotted into that, which will then open up the Alpha Tauri seat for Liam Lawson to get slotted in there. Because, hey, yep. Liam Lawson showing up big time, out qualifying his teammate, like out practicing his teammate, or not out qualifying, almost out qualifying his teammate by like less than a tenth. Like it was point four three seconds that he got bumped out of qualifying <laughs> and if he made it into q3 i i have faith that he would have out qualified yuki regardless of yuki being on his home turf uh so i think yeah we'll lose sergio six races in we'll get ricardo back up to red bull we'll get liam lawson slotted in uh as the the second driver the junior driver at alpha tauri or whatever adidas or whatever they're called <laughs> <laughs> next yep, year yep 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 
What do you, I mean, is it? What, does that sound reasonable, or is that like maybe you know? I think that I think that tracks for me. I do still. I don't know. I, I want to see. I want. I do want to see Yuki in the big seat. I do. Just too. see what he's capable of. I do too. I think you know, especially after his you know recent incident, Daniel Ricardo is feeling like his second chapter in Formula One isn't going to be nearly as illustrious as as we had hoped. But uh, uh, I'd like to see him. Oh, you know. John, I'm rewatching Lost right now, and I feel uh-huh. like Daniel Ricardo's return to F1 was like the season finale. And like the first five minutes of like season one ending and lost, where yeah. they like find the hatch. And then like yep. five minutes into the first episode of season two, you're like, oh no, they blew it. They blew it. They're not, they didn't, they're, it's, this is going to be a much longer slog than I yep. thought it was going to be. And that, mm-hmm. that feel to me, that feels like Daniel Ricardo's return is like, yep. oh, I think that's, oh, yeah. <sighs> I think that's very appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Mercedes here. Uh, let's talk about them. Yeah, fun to see Lewis and George scrapping. Yeah, I equate like all of Mercedes' race as to being a sequel to Singapore. Yes, yes. And I took the cutthroat battling and like lewis was like elbows out hard yeah on george he normally we have not seen him do yep and i think lewis has been stewing for a week thinking damn it george if you had just you know thrown yourself out of the race a few laps earlier yeah i could have had a chance if the team had waved me by i could have had a chance if you just got out of my damn way yeah everything would have been great for me in singapore and this race like you know early on in the race they start duking it out and immediately i just got the sense that hamilton was like no way absolutely not i'm not driving behind car lap six john this was lap six it wasn't even like we're not talking deep in the race we're talking super early in the race and I, I mean, I was it. it was it was intense. It was like almost both cars leaving the racing surface, you know, like kind mm-hmm. of pretty mm-hmm. wild stuff that to me felt like this sort of like immediate desperation of like, no, not again, you know, yes. and, and Hamilton just doing everything he could to uh, to put a stop to it. Yeah, I I love this. I mean, I also went back in because I was like, George, there's no way after multiple run-ins is George going to be okay with like the result of this race. So at the tail end mm-hmm. of the race, when they like per like, they they pull into uh park ferme. So like when they pull into the pit lane and every car has to be like, you get out, you walk away from it. So the FIA can come over and do all of its tests and analysis to make sure that it was legal for the whole race. And you aren't going to get disqualified. They like pull into this area and kind of like stack the cars one behind another. I think it's like three wide. And it just so happened. uh, Well, first of all, on like the in lap from the race itself, 
like George pulls up behind Lewis, like kind of like you can see him kind of like getting like not re- like he's got both hands on the wheel on like the you know on like either side of the wheel doing the like okay I'm gonna like navigate between like the other drivers on their parade lap this is literally a parade lap where they're like waving to the fans or whatever and George like gets by the Ferrari gets by Carlos um and gets behind Lewis and like after he gets behind Lewis he takes his hands off the side of the wheel and like does the like wrist resting over just the top of the wheel just like huh, i'm gonna be in this guy's rearview mirror so he sees me here pissed at him for cutting me off mm-hmm. at that red light god damn it and it was like oh okay george is like being a bit of a yep. petulant child he pulls into park for may right behind lewis lewis is like getting out of his car and george gets out of his car and just walks looking, acknowledging the grandstand to the left as they pulled in, kind of waving and like doesn't even glance at Lewis, doesn't even acknowledge Mm. that his teammate is there. It was as if no one was in the car, as if no one was standing there. And I was like, I don't care what gets said in that interview. I don't care what gets said in the press conference. I don't care what gets worked out, quote unquote, during the debrief. George is pissed. George is pissed at how selfish Lewis is being. And Lewis rightfully deserves to be selfish. Like he absolutely, Mm -hmm. he's in a better car. He's the better racer. He had better position. (laughs) He was on a different strategy. He had every right to pass him. He had every right to be like, invert the cars. And they inverted him happy with that. But oh boy, I don't think this is the end of it, John. Like I, I, no, 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 no. This is, this is going to be a, a till the end of the season yep. uh, brewing yep. British tea of passive aggressive uh, masterclass, I think, yes. uh, is what we're what we're going to witness. I'm Completely here for it. Completely different. I'm fully on board. But it's also the thing is, is like, John, like as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, this is like when like when he didn't give the spot back to Nico in 25th. Oh, actually, no, this is nothing like that because Nico is like a monogast slash German. Like he's like, Mm. he'll just say what's on his mind. He will not be passive aggressive. Like George will be, he will not smile for the cameras and be super polite. And then as soon as that visor goes down on his helmet, (laughs) everything changes. Like it's, this was the start of something uh, that I'm a little bit nervous about as a Mercedes fan, <laughs> like, oh, 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 is this going to be another replay of 2015? Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. So, yeah. So the other, the other piece of Mercedes mm-hmm. action that I absolutely adored, uh, this week. Yeah. Was, and this isn't Mercedes action. This is Carlito's way. Yeah continuing to ripple through formula one and like literally i love it lewis and george tried to play the carlitos signs drs trick yep and so so you know carlito he's the smooth operator 
appropriately named and occasionally singing over the radio in the mm-hmm. sweet style of of Sade. Yeah. <laughs> like to me, this was like uh, you know, the the moment in the film where Lewis and George both have like noise canceling headphones on and they're blasting smooth operator and you just hear that beautiful music as you see their lips moving along to it Mm -hmm. and then you get a hard cut to the reality of what the rest of the world hears which is them both like completely out of tune just botching just absolutely not even coming close yes to doing sade justice it's like karaoke style like you're like oh, oh <laughs> yeah this yeah. was like this was definitely the worst drunk karaoke version yes. of smooth operator and like they didn't even make it through the first verse like they they you know fell off the stage and yeah yeah it was oh my it was god uh, and, John, to, and to me, just like you, there's a TikTok of a guy at a karaoke bar where he's singing. I think it's like, um, I don't know the name of the song, but it's Don't You Want Me, Baby. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the line is, You were working as a waitress at a cocktail bar. And. He uses that line to sing the entire song and it is incredible. I just, I need, I need you to see this. I need everyone who's listening to see this video. Cause it's the funniest thing. Cause the dude destroys by singing. You were working as a waitress at a cocktail bar at a cocktail bar. You were working as a waitress at a cocktail bar. A cocktail bar. Like, it's just so perfect. I love it. And this is, it was like, yeah, Mercedes doing like, not that version at all. Doing like the worst out of tune, like out of like time, like they're just not hitting the right words at the right time. They may have even like messed up Smooth Operator uh, with like a different Sade song. Like it's just not the right, but they're like, oh no, this is the song, right? Um, it's Sweetest Taboo, but they're singing Smooth Operator is what I'm saying here. Uh, yeah, Mercedes was, oh, it was tragic. It's pretty, pretty rough. And I, and I have to give huge props to Carlos Signs yes. for like, literally like inspiring and changing Mm -hmm. the formula one game uh and and creating uh pathetic imitators yeah it was of his of his uh, incredible style it was so good he's he pops on the radio like unprompted from anybody else pops on the radio to his engineer and goes they're using my trick against me (laughs) And I was like, and mm-hmm. as soon as at like, and he recognized it like straight away. Like again, yep. this is Carlos Sainz, who is such a brilliant engineer. Earlier on in the race, when Lewis undercut him to get by him in order to kind of like set this stage at the end of the Grand Prix, Carlos had a moment where like he could have undercut Lewis, like he could have pit. Like Bono came on the radio and was like pit opposite signs to overtake. Like he said it openly on the radio. So it was like, okay, if Lewis goes into the pit, 
then Carlos knows and his engineer will almost certainly be like, Lewis, just pit. You need to push this lap so that he doesn't undercut you, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe his engineer said that anyways. Then they didn't make the call to pull signs into the pit. And then signs comes on and he's like, like, this is like multiple laps later, like maybe two laps later. He's like, my um, guess is that we've been undercut. Yes. Like, again, unprompted. And yep. his engineer is like, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, Carlos is such a brilliant driver. And I love, I love what he's able to do with Ferrari right now. But also, I wish that we could see him with a team the way that like Max is supported by his mechanics, by his engineers, by his organization. I wish that we could see Carlos Sainz in a situation like that because he would be another Lewis Hamilton. Like he will call and engineer his race from his car because he knows best when he needs data, when he needs things to be told to him that he can't see and cannot truly analyze then he will ask for it just like Carlos did in Singapore being like, I need everybody else's lap times so that I can pull my DRS trick. Like I wish that Carlos had that kind of support, but it's also terrifying as like a Hamilton fan. I like don't want him to have that kind of support. Cause I'm like, Oh, yep. Oh God. If Carlos gets that kind of support, like Hamilton will never win another championship period. Carlos is that good of a driver in my, in my opinion. And it's been kind of proven now a couple of times. Um, what else? Did you see any, any other inter-team stuff? Was, was there anything else that happened? I, there was some, McLaren yeah, I mean, we, we got to talk about McLaren, McLaren yep. showing up real strong second and third place. Yep. Um, you know, we've got Lando just edging out mm-hmm. Oscar. I still thought it was a marvelous display from Oscar Piastri. Yes. The truth, you mean? John, you the mean? The truth. The truth? Because the truth showed up this weekend. The truth was in effect at Suzuka. First podium? This was his first podium. When they said it was his first podium, I was like, no, it's not. He's, uh, he's already... No, mm-hmm. it was his first podium. So, John, this was his first podium in Formula One. This was the first time... He's driven a race car in Japan, not an F1 car. This is the first time he had been to Japan. That's amazing. That like, again, this is Oscar Piastri that we're going to look back on this and be like, oh yeah, of course this is, of course he's a multiple world champion. Of course he's breaking Mm -hmm. all these records because in his rookie season, his first podium was at Suzuka, which is the race. We already talked about this. It's the racetrack mm-hmm. that every race car driver is like, oh, God, I just want to drive that track. Oh, I just want to drive that track. Yep. The first time he drives this track, he crushes free practice, qualifies second behind Max Verstappen, and then finishes third. I, Oscar Piastri is like, hey. Once Hamilton retires, I think I'm throwing my chips in on Oscar because he also was like super humble, super chill when he's like, 
on the radio on his on his parade lap on his in lap like he was like i'm gonna remember this this was amazing guys thank you so much not my best race not my best race not sure if i deserve this podium but like thank you so much and it was like dude what that's your response to getting your first podium in f1 at a track you've never driven before there's still a lot of headroom there a lot of headroom with piastri much Lando has driven this track. He drove this track in F2. I believe he may have won at this track in F2. That could be wrong. But I think, like, Lando has a ton of experience at this track. And they only inverted the cars because Piastri hasn't figured out how to drive this track perfectly because this was his first time driving this track. (laughs) At a Mm. car as it loses, like, oil and hydraulic and fuel pressure and gains like agility and the tire strategies change. And he's driving against Lando Norris, who is probably going to be a world champion and behind Max Verstappen. Like it's just, I was astonished at Piastri's performance this week. Astonished. God. It's a beautiful thing. Oh God. I'm so, I'm so pumped for him and I'm so pumped for like Liam Lawson showing up. Uh, we also have uh, 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 Iwasa, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's been like officially like acknowledged by the Red Bull Junior program as being like, yeah, this dude is going to, we're going to try and slot him in at least in Alpha Tauri, maybe even as a second seat uh, in mm. Red Bull, like straight to the, to the senior team. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for the future, John. There's there's a good future in F1. There is. There is. I think we've got like one generation that we still have to kind of get through. Yes. But once we do, I think there's going to be some beautiful stuff ahead. So yeah. on that note, uh, and and almost like an appropriate metaphor that with a super disastrous Sergio Perez race mm-hmm. Red Bull still completely unflinchingly takes the constructors championship. Yes. Yeah. They did win the as like a clear, you know, yeah. underlining, you know, the statement of like, yeah, the constructors championship is actually just the same exact thing as the driver's championship. It yeah. has nothing to do with our other driver, yeah. with our second car that yeah. we have. And uh, and I'm I'm pretty certain that the stats show very clearly that like literally if Sergio scored zero points this season, they would still win the constructors championship, which is insane. Yeah. Um, And and it's you know, again, this is like the constructors championship is not the driver's championship. The constructors championship has many, 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 many times been won by a team who did not have the the championship driver. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a, it's not it's And that's mo- why it's a separate championship. It's to evaluate the quality of of the machinery. Yes. Uh, and the reliability and 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 whatnot. So, yeah, that yeah. that was kind of ridiculous. Uh you know, I mean, whatever foregone conclusion, we knew this was coming and whatnot. Yeah. I think yeah. the only the only thing of note that I noticed was uh as Max gets out of the car and the team are celebrating uh, and he goes over to the guys from the team and they had a 
Red Bull 2023 constructors championship flag, like in their yep. hands waiting. Yep. Yep. And like, and they like, they, they were like, Max, Max, look, we've got the flag. And Max went to just grab the, the flag and almost like walk away with it. And like the two engineers holding it were like, no, you don't like, hold on. No, 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 no. no. This isn't, this isn't yours. This is the constructors championship flag. Like don't, don't walk and don't like use it as a, as a robe and throw it over your shoulders and walk yeah. around. Like, yeah, you, you don't, don't use this. We're as letting your- you hold <laughs> this yeah. with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> We're giving you yeah. the opportunity to have one corner of this in your hand, you know? Yes. And that, yes. that kind of, that kind of struck me. And I think he realized it. I think Max realized it in the moment. It was like, Oh bleh, bleh, bleh. yeah, of course. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. 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 Of course. And this I, is your flag. I do. I do think it's, it's very much worth our, uh, worth our time and our effort to acknowledge the fact that Mercedes is playing this as like a beautiful PR moment for themselves uh, because Mercedes like did a bunch of social media posts congratulating Red Bull on an imperious season on a season where they have absolutely walked away with it. And mm-hmm. it just kind of underlines the whole idea of like Max making comments this past week of being like, oh, well, if you like you don't appreciate like an era of dominance, then you're not a real race fan. And then a whole bunch, not a whole bunch, but like a couple of Internet sleuths were like, hey, what was Max saying about F1 when Mercedes was dominant? And you go back and look mm-hmm. at that quote and Max is immediately being like. I think it's bad for the sport. I think it's just, it's turning away fans. It's making people not appreciate it. He never ever once offered any words of praise or any like appreciation post in public or on social media about Mercedes dominance. And this is just one of those things where it's like, of course this is the, and I, I don't like to make this comparison because like we're, (laughs) John, we don't exist in this class. So like it's, it's weird to speak on it, but the idea of like old money versus new money, Red Bull is very clearly new money in this sport. Very clearly they're conducting themselves and uh, doubling down on the idea of like, Oh no, this is how formula one works. Now we don't really care about the history. Like it's, it is very obvious that Mercedes has had a ton of time in this sport. Ferrari has had a ton of time in this sport. Alfa Romeo has had a ton of time in this sport. McLaren, Williams, all these other teams have had so much time in this sport that they have actual reverence for these moments. So they're fine and okay with like appreciating it because they recognize that things will change. And then (laughs) when they change, they could change for the benefit of themselves or they could change for the benefit of one of their other competitors, but they're not going to just immediately be like me. I don't like the fact that you're King of the Hill. I'm not playing this game anymore. It's like, no, no. Yep. Just the same way that like Red Bull is demanding other people and other teams and other organizations and media outlets acknowledge their greatness right now they also need to recognize that they've done a really, really bad job of winning gracefully and losing 
even more gracefully. I don't care how someone wins. I truly do not care how someone wins. The win is enough. But if you lose and you lose like a piece of shit, I'm going to remember that forever. And Red Bull has consistently lost like a piece of shit. And they've won like the champions who have deserved to win no matter what anyways. And then these other teams, Ferrari, Mercedes, Alfa Romeo, Williams, McLaren, have all like doffed their cap and been like, good job, Red Bull. You've done phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Let's see what you look like in 15 years, in 20 years, in 30 years, in a half a century from now. Let's see what you look like then when you're either dominating or you're middle of the pack or you're bottom rung like McLaren was at the start of this season when they were the ninth fastest team on the grid. Right. Like that's why I'm happy to celebrate McLaren now. And like, I will clap and applaud and sing their praises in a way that I'll never sing the praises of Red Bull because they just haven't conducted themselves. This is gross or whatever. I don't care. They haven't conducted themselves like gentlemen. (laughs) This is a gentleman sport and you need to conduct yourself like a gentleman. And this is like gender exclusive. I don't get, I don't, I'm not saying like as a gent, you can't be a gentle lady or a gentle person. I'm saying like, if you are, if you're not conducting yourself like a gentle lady or a gentle person or a gentleman, I will not respect you in this sport. And Red Bull is falling short. Red Bull, have it be known, Corey has just taken off his glove finger by finger, (laughs) pulled it off of his hand, and slapped you across the face with it. Uh, Corey, I think that's a beautiful way to tie up the race. There's a couple other things Mm -hmm. in the the general sphere of Formula One Mm -hmm. I wanted just to touch on real quick. But before that, was there anything else from the race you wanted to get into? Uh, not so much. Um, I think uh, it sucked to see both Williams like leave the race. Uh, it sucked yeah. to see Lance Stroll leave the race. It sucked to see Valtteri Bottas leave the race. It sucked that we had so many retirements. Like that's something yeah. that I hadn't. It just it's something we haven't dealt with is like reliability issues. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of that this season in general. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the, the, there was, yeah, there was a, a bunch of cars hanging off the bottom of that bar on the left-hand side of your, yeah. of your television screen. Um, and seeing Sergio come back again, this is like some like. I don't even understand that. I don't maybe, like, I don't even, I don't even want to litigate it or get into it, but just like, it's bizarre to me that like, he's I'm, already, you know, he's I'm already dead, you know, like I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. All right. So literally the only reason they did that is because like in the rule book, it says you have to serve your penalty. If you got it, that grand prix, if you don't get that penalty yeah. served in the grand prix, you have to serve this penalty in the next race and the next race, because they can't give you a five second penalty right off the top prior to the Grand Prix weekend, they would have to give you a grid penalty. So that's why Logan Sargent got that pit lane start plus the 10 second penalty before the Grand Prix this weekend. Sergio Perez would have to get a minimum three spot grid penalty next weekend if he didn't come back out and then 
serve a penalty in the pits. I I I know, John. This is this is like the technical bullshit that like really doesn't help us. As- but also just like annoying that like they've got them like stuck sitting in the car. Yeah, like being being like your race is over, but yeah. we're still gonna make you go out and do one more lap. Yeah, not now. Oh. In a little bit. No, oh. no, no, no. Put your put your belts back on. There was a beautiful and like tragic moment. Verstappen yes. came in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah. the camera, the, cam- the cameraman. Yeah, camera, this- cameraman. The cameraman. Yeah, was was planning this. The yeah, cameraman but- was like, "Oh boy, if the planets align, I'm gonna get." the perfect shot the most perfect shot and it is max Verstappen coming in having a 2.6 second pit stop and like heading back all this beautiful pit stop perfect pit stop does not lose a space in the race does not lose any time doesn't have to really push on his outlap is just fine with coasting to the rest of the race and they whip the camera to the right and it's just sergio not only sitting in the pits He's sitting in the garage with like all of the mechanics still around, blankets still on the tires, just to come out and do one like like I I am this is like the lap where it's like um Conan O'Brien wrote a perfect episode of The Simpsons where it was this like clip show of all of Springfield. And at the very end of mm-hmm. it is when Nelson Munsk is like dumping, uh, like, like they're like throwing stuff down on like, uh, onto a car. I think, I think it's very similar to like something may we, we've experienced. Um, uh, and the person, uh, uh, gets out of the car and it's Conan O'Brien. It's like a Conan O'Brien character with just like the most ridiculous legs ever. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, and yep, he yep. makes Nelson drop his pants and drives behind him, beeping his horn, pointing and being like, hey, everybody, point and laugh at this idiot boy. And it's Nelson just being like, ha, 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 uh, ha, 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 while all of Springfield yep. points and laughs at him. And that's what Sergio Perez's like punitive lap felt like. It sucked so bad. And it was mm-hmm. embarrassing and just like as emasculating as could be for Sergio Perez. I don't know how. And then to that. and then following that to go back and have yeah. the team be like, "We're partying hard tonight because we won the constructors' championship." Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, it's um, so emasculating. It's so bad. It's so bad. Good, good stuff at Suzuka. Uh, some, <laughs> yeah. some nice little slices of of several different stories in Formula mm-hmm. One, and also just a reminder that, like, without Max, I mean, wild, wild stuff going on in yeah. in Formula One. Yeah. Once once he cut Max out of it, uh, beautiful, beautiful to see. Yeah. Um. So, all right. A uh, couple other things. I was just taking a look at the calendar. And I was almost mm-hmm. like shocked to realize because I'm like, cool, we're like closing in on the end of the season. Corey, there's six more races. There's six more races that we're cramming in <laughs> to yeah. the next two months. Mm-hmm. I believe We've two got, of those six are sprint races too. I believe that two of those. Um, are 
at least Qatar. Let's see. Is, like Qatar is. Yeah. So we've got for sure. Uh, we've got Qatar, which is which is a sprint sprint race. That'll be followed by Austin. Uh huh. Which is a sprint sprint race. Uh huh. Then we've got Mexico. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is crazy to me. We go. Uh, yeah. We go United States. Mexico, Brazil, uh, one immediately after the other. Then we have two weeks of lead up between Brazil and Las Vegas, which I think they literally inserted two weeks there just to make the like promotional marketing campaign even bigger and like have more time. Because then we go from from Vegas to its nearby neighbor. Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yes, from in, one desert in one to week. another, yeah, yeah. In in one Ugh. week, it's a one week jump from yeah. the madness of Vegas to the finale in Abu Dhabi, and so yeah. that's all in uh, the season. Will be finishing effectively sixty days from when we are recording right now. So there's still yeah. a lot left to have to to happen. I that's mean, I still nuts, think. Dude. That's not Red Bull should, you know, just like they should just let a completely yeah. different driver every yeah. every weekend yeah. in Max's seat. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, get and Danny, see if they, get Danny see if Rick they beat Sergio, Tauri, you know? put uh, Liam Lawson and Iwasa in Red Bull. Let's like not even like a change thing, just like literally give two complete neophytes the keys to the Red Bulls and just be like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I say this yep. because like, sir, it doesn't matter what Sergio does between now and the end of the season. He does not have a seat halfway through the next season. Like he, he I think they should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh. uh, I'd be surprised if it didn't change during the off season. Yeah. Like, I, I think your I think your prognosis is probably correct. Cause I'm sure there's crazy complicated contractual stuff that they would benefit from like being, you know, cause they, they will be like, We've got a new contract with Sergio for 2024. I'm sure like the first line of that contract is like, these are the 15 different reasons that we can fire you with no penalty. And uh, yeah, it's probably going to be more stomach acid than Sergio Perez's experience in his entire life. Also, technically, you do have a contract for 2024. You don't have a contract for all of 2024. Yeah. So Red Bull is not completely lying outright by being like, we re-signed Sergio Perez for the 2024 season. We didn't say we signed him until the end of the 2024 season. And even if we did, we're Red Bull. We'll do whatever we want at any point in time with no like explanation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, dude, I, I love this race. I love this race. I love this race weekend. I didn't love it because Max Verstappen showed up and was as like dominant as we expected him to be. It was almost like a foregone conclusion. And it was like, yeah, of course you're doing whatever you do. So sure. Go for it. Um, but I thought it was pretty impressive as far as like a fan. Yeah. I thought it was great. I mean, it's just, it's always exciting at Suzuka. Um, Before we wrap it up, one last thing I want to touch on, Mm -hmm. which is the saga, the ongoing saga of Andretti racing. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, joining Formula One. Yeah. So it came out this week, and I'm not sure if this came out through uh, official channels uh, or was just sort of like rumor mill stuff, but it does sound very clear that there was, I believe, four teams that were mm-hmm. vying to enter Formula One yeah. this year that have been in talks with the FIA. Uh, the FIA has shut down the plans for three of those four. Yep. There was the high tech team, which was next. Yes. Was it high tech? That was that was the team. Mm-hmm. There's one called Lucky Sons, which I think would have actually been a very appropriate name for the Andretti team. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That was not on anyone's radar. It's a, a Southeast Asian team. Okay. Uh, and it's L K Y S U N Z. Nice. Lucky Sons. Good branding. Good branding. Um, I forget the name of the other of the three teams that have been kicked to the curb, but the one who is still left standing, uh, not unsurprisingly, is Andretti Racing slash Andretti slash Cadillac Racing. Right. So the... Battle is not won, you know, or the battle is won, but the war is not over. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's a great way of putting it. (laughs) I still expect that the FIA or somebody or even Liberty Media will put their fingers on the scale in order to get Andretti Cadillac into Formula One. Because otherwise, in theory, the next gate is that every single team on the grid need to agree approve to let them their, in yeah yeah and i think like nine out of the 10 teams had said like never yeah absolutely not no yep. way no yep. chance we don't care any of the conditions we don't care about this uh prize dilution enormous cash payout that yeah. they're saying that they will bring or any of these things just no way just no absolutely not we don't want to share our f1 with an 11th team, yeah. which I think is, you know, we've talked about this before. I think that's just like a really bizarre way to let them weird. have any yeah. sort of full control to that degree. But yeah. again, I expect that, I guess, uh, my expectation is that that system or that rule set that seems clear and well-defined is more corrupt than we actually realize. And that some entity will swoop in and will, in a way, not unlike the way that it seems bizarre that Logan Sargent would have this diplomatic immunity and remain, you know, uh, just throwing away Williams formula one cars one weekend after another. Uh, I think there will be some forces that we can't even comprehend or fully understand that will come into the mix. And all of the sudden everyone will just be like, Oh, I don't even know what happened, but we all just changed our minds. Andrea Cadillac. Yeah. Are greenlit. Good to go. Good in our books. Yeah. What? We're all driving brand new Escalades? I don't know what you mean. Everything's yeah. fine. Everything's fine. Um, yeah, I think I think that we will see Andretti. It feels like Andretti is going to get pushed into the next phase of F1, whether the teams want it or not. And I, I, honestly, John, again, as like two fans based in the US, I'm fine with it. 
I'm fine with it. We have three Grand Prix. Yeah. Sure, let's get a team on the grid. Why not? Oh, I want to see a team on the grid. I wouldn't mind if we had more teams. The racing yeah. can be done with more cars on track. We're nowhere near the limit of like, yeah. you know, uh, the the ra- the racing is uh, compromised because of the number of cars that are out there. It's solely just this sort of like weird political thing happening yeah. with hmm. the Political teams. and financial where they're just greedy as hell. I think that there's a good chance that we will see them if not on the grid, at least in the courtroom, <laughs> like in some European courtroom being like, no, no, look at your laws. Look at your laws. We, we are going to be on the well, grid next year. I'm gonna, I'm here's, here's a card that I wasn't expecting to pull. Oh. Um, and stems from a, uh, conversation I was having, um, one of my buddies, uh, James, was was making a case for like it is only a matter of time before the Saudis buy Formula One, right? Yes. Um, yeah. I don't Just, know if you've been following these yeah. developments with golf and and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I haven't been following them, but like it's it's a it's almost as much of a foregone conclusion that like the Saudis would try to buy. F1 as like their grip of petrol slips away <laughs> being like, Oh no, people are turning to biodiesel and like renewable sources of income or renewable sources of fuel. We should probably buy into like the marketing arm of like fuel. <laughs> like really we should buy into it. Well, even just like the, you know, the, the fact that they're, I think, as another sort of thing of like, yeah, fuel may not be the cash cow that it's been. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, let's see if we can just grab global sport. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm sure, you know, uh, you know, whatever gambling or other sort of, you know, right. Uh, right. revenue streams that come along with that and whatnot. So what if what if the play for Andretti is that they get into the mix with the Saudis and say like, cool, we'll be your star front runner team. Oh, and then all you guys need to do is, you know, bankroll in an insane manner, you know, whatever the three hottest drivers on the grid are right now. Not some like you're going to make a, a, a competing series altogether. Yeah. Not some like a, like a Ramco buying into Aston Martin, but on some like, Oh no, we will just spread it around. We'll like truly take our money and oh, just yeah. like dump it into multiple people and multiple. Well, that's cause, cause yeah. I mean, that's what they've been doing with all of this stuff, uh, yeah. you know, and, and I, and I forget what the other, what the next sport is that they're conquering. Oh, right it's now, golf. But it's been, golf. They like created. Well, a, there's golf, there's golf, yeah, but there like was, the there was a, there's version. something. Yeah. There's something else. I think, uh, is it a, a soccer, uh, league that oh, they're yeah. starting and they like, and it was like a billion dollar payday for the, you know, one of the stars who is just like, Oh, I can make, uh, <laughs> hundred x if i go yeah sure 
yeah i'll no go play in your like human per- rights what's i yeah. can't hear you through the you know yeah through hundred million dollar earplugs that i have exactly yeah 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 uh which i will throw out at the end of the night and put in a new pair of hundred yes, million yeah. dollar earplugs in tomorrow night mm-hmm. um while also sleeping on my bed quite literally made of shredded cash like you can't spend yep. this cash anymore but i shredded hundred dollar bills and stuffed a mattress with it because that's the most comfortable way to sleep it yeah oh I, my god it, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if the saudis got like really heavily involved in f1 on a in a way that is like kind of undeniable because like aramco yeah. is still a little bit like oh no you're sponsoring like part of this like season but also like kind of throwing a little bit of money behind one of the teams that is on the upswing if they can just spread it around to every team or purchase liberty outright and just be like hey we just own the entire thing now yeah yeah i could see that i could see that um and as like a petrol head I'm taking my human rights hat off and putting my petrol head and hat on. And I could just say, yeah, no, this is the right way. This is the exact right move. This is the exact right move. Like, why wouldn't you do this? This is like a, a, you, this is a fiat and you could do it by just owning all of like the premier sport leagues. Why not do that? Yeah. Uh, So weird. It is a weird thing. It is a weird thing. Um, I am not speaking ill of the Saudis in any way, shape, or form. I'm not speaking ill of the Saudi government specifically, uh, but not speaking ill of the Saudi empire. But it does feel like it's kind of obvious what they're doing. <laughs> so, yeah. Eh, yeah. Uh, that said, Johnny. Mm. What's the stock portfolio looking like right now for F1? Are we are we flatlined? Are we on like a terrifying degradation, uh, like a tire deg only rivaled by the Suzuka uh, circuit? Or are we are we smooth sailing? Are we on ice? We are uh, DRS flaps are wide open. Okay, we are. We're we're DRS flaps open gullet completely like uh yes uh, fully dilated just light light beer is flowing (laughs) through the wind tunnel at velocities that uh you have never seen before (laughs) completely unrestricted Uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah we've got we've got a weekend off mm-hmm which to me is just like time for momentum to kind of keep uh keep yes. rolling. Yes. yes. And we've got Qatar and then another week break mm-hmm. before Austin. And yeah. to me that's just where like at that point, I mean we're 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 on the uphill but we're going to hit I think an exponential frenzy curve on our way to Las Vegas. Yeah. This and is it's like started Austin. Austin's going to be almost like a like a, a a pre-show for Vegas. Yeah. I I imagine that this is like a when like when you're watching an action movie and 
uh, and like the the bank robbers are like getting away, and like the getaway driver is like foot pinned on the accelerator, and then like a police sharpshooter mm-hmm. like takes out the driver, and then like the driver just slumps forward and like somehow yep. hits the pedal harder, and like no one can stop him. Car bounces against against the barricades (laughs) and and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no stop. Yeah. Yeah. We, we hit Austin. That's when the driver, that's when the getaway driver gets sniped and the car, I mean, it's not even a car. It's like uh, it's, he's a getaway driver in an armored vehicle and that thing's not stopping until it runs out of gas. That's not, that's right. And I ain't running out of gas until the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Uh, we did it, John. This feels like a complete. I love it. This feels complete. <laughs> let's 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 tell the folks where they can track us down in the real world. Where where can they track you down, buddy? Uh, you can always find me via my home base, johnnymotion.com. Mm-hmm. Corey, where can the folks find you? Uh, I am in the same boat. I am Corey P. Willis dot com for my contacts uh and then you can also find me burn cory burn on social media still and the f1 files on twitter tiktok and instagram ah folks thank you for sticking with us through this amazing weekend and this amazing podcast episode we will catch up with you the next time just like you'll catch up with us the next time on these sweet sweet F1 files. Sweet, sweet.